0: Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath, August 12th, we look at lesson seven, the unified body of Christ. Together, let's explore Ephesians chapter four and what it means for the body of Christ. The
1: Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at the Adventist Learning Community. Together, we love learning and have 18
0: years of pastoral experience And now we have the privilege to dig deeper into the study. All right, Michael, here we are, lesson seven, the unified body of Christ. And our memory text is coming from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, the ESV. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. Uh, It's pretty straightforward there, but also recognizing that we all have a part in equipping and the saints and also building up the body of Christ. I think that's one thing that we need to take note of right here from the beginning, that this is not denominational employed duties or work. As a matter of fact, this goes beyond the formation of the Adventist church, beyond what church looks like now. This is called for every believer. Every person that is called to the body of Christ will have a part. I love this because it's across
1: time and space, you know, in terms of, yeah, so you're right. You know, there's this just overarching unity that only comes through Jesus Christ.
0: Yes, indeed, Michael. And as we're moving forward, we're called to move forward with the unity of the Spirit. So tell us about Sunday's lesson that's entitled just that. Well, it's
1: kind of a, it's a large passage here of chapter four is the heart, the meat of our lesson for this week, right? And verses one through 16. And I I can't, I'm not going to take the time to read all of this, but, but I, I do love how there is this sense that we are to work together, to make a very intentional effort to work together. And I, especially like verse two, be completely humble and gentle I'm not sure I know what always that means. <laughs> <laughs> completely, completely. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the humblest person I know, of course. Right. I get up. <laughs> And, and, and anybody that knows me, I'm, I'm just being tongue in cheek, of course, but, but, you know, we, we don't realize, of course, moment we, we think we're humble, we're not, but, but to be completely humble and gentle. And, and I think just that, that moment where we realize that in my mind, humility and gentleness, there's a sense of kindness, right? That you're putting up yes. for yourself. And that's a very clear scriptural concept. And it says, be patient, bearing one another in love. And, And you know it's it's family that we get annoyed with the most sometimes. If we're real, pray pray, saints pray. (laughs) And it's our church family, right? That we sometimes have the most difficulty with as well. It's it's not the people that we meet from afar off. We only see them while we're passing through the airport or whatever else we may you know be encountering different people. It's the people that are closest to us that know how to rub us the wrong way. And, and so, and, and have those challenges, or maybe it's somebody in the church that's most like us, you know, that, that we have two different people that have similar gifts and somehow get on each other's nerves. Right. And so, and this is where I think pastor Paul is, is very helpful here to remind us that, that we, Need to, to treat others with, with kindness and grace and humility and love. And then verse three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And to me, this is the heart of this lesson for this week, the unity of the spirit. Make every effort. In other words, sometimes I've, I've met some people in the past, you know, I'm thinking at a, a conference I went to <laughs> this last year where I <laughs> and did something super controversial in your face everything else like dropped a nuclear bomb and then just left so that nobody could you know critique or do anything else and and i i just don't think that's very helpful that to me that's not making an effort at unity that's that's making an effort at being um divisive and disunity right and and there are some people that that you know and and this is why i think paul knows that unity doesn't happen just by sheer happenstance. It's not an accident. That we have to make a concerted effort at achieving unity too. And that's why he's imploring us, make every effort, right? And and through the bond of peace. So these are things that we can do to try to work together, to try to be lovable and lovable Christians, as Ellen White says, right? Yes. <laughs> There's some people that don't know the love part, you know? we need loving spirit that effort even the people that are not very lovable we need to make efforts to try so that they can experience that love too and then it goes on to implore the theology of this here right verse four one body one spirit as you were called in one hope one lord one faith one baptism one god and father of all who is over all and through all and in all and so this idea that all of this goes together and if we really realize that, then it should give us a little bit more pause before we judge others, even others of different faiths and religious backgrounds, that that maybe, you know, we can allow that other people can see things differently, both in our local church as well as more broadly.
0: I agreed, Michael.
1: So moving on, and and I, I think I touched on your verses a little bit here, but Perfect. to get on in the one. So unpack that a bit more buster
0: yeah so michael i'm glad you actually read it because it gives me a little bit more time to break it down so ephesians 4 4 through 6 talks about the seven ones as monday's lesson puts out here so together as one in the one and it asks this question it says what seven ones does paul cite in support of his theme of unity of the church well he talks about yes the one mind the being of all these different ones but the point that I believe that he's trying to make there is trying to say that all the ones together make the whole one. We see the same thing. People still have a hard time grasping the concept of the Trinity. They have a hard time con- grasping the concept of, of being a collectivist mindset and still being individuals. Right? We are individuals, but we have bought in to the collective. We have bought in that we are the body of Christ that we belong to the body of Christ. And so with that being said, it asks this this question that I haven't seen in a lot of Sabbath school lessons, Michael, as you're reading Ephesians chapter 4, 4 through 6. And I'm going to read that quickly because it asks this question, how does it make you feel as you're reading it? There is mm-hmm. one body and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and one and, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And so once again, it asks this question, how does it make you feel and how should it make you feel knowing what it says about our unity in and with God through Christ? And I I think it's important here, Michael, to to recognize that it's not just our unity with Christ and unity with God, but it's our unity with one another. Mm. And it's hard to do that if we haven't and I, I'm going to use this term again bought in to being a part of the body of Christ, to being a part of the church. Uh, someone put up something earlier this week saying, I'm sorry if the church has ever hurt you, but just remember, those were people, that wasn't God. And sometimes when the church hurts us, and I've, I've been there before, Michael, I mean, we want to blame all the above and scorch the earth and say, I'm done with the church, I'm done with God, I'm done with all these, because why would he allow this to happen? And you realize, yeah. That's what he went through. That's what Emmanuel went through when he was here on this earth. The ones he created, the one he was responsible for creating, betrayed him, and he still loved them. He also spoke to them sternly. He also did not turn from the truth. He also did not please them because he wasn't here to please them, but he loved them. And that's what we are called to do. And yeah. as I'm reading it, just coming back to that question, how does it make you feel? It made me feel this sense of belonging. And I think that that's what we're missing in a lot of our lives of recognizing is not just that you belong, but God wants you to belong. And he wants you to be a belonging one who is helping others recognize that they as well belong. So people that grace the doors of the church, there should be no one who walks out of church service and gets away unseen. We should be seeing one another and knowing one another and exploring one another's lives. This is what Sabbath School is meant for, by the way. I know we're doing Sabbath School Rescue, but Sabbath School Rescue is not meant to drop knowledge upon you, although that's what we have Michael here for. Sabbath or, school, yeah, Sabbath School Rescue is hopefully challenging us to actually build relationships and community. That's what Sabbath School was originally made for. I love it. Yeah, So, so please make sure you see others, make sure you belong, make sure you're you recognize that you are one of those ones belonging to the collective one. Mm. And so that that takes us straight into Tuesday's lesson here, Michael, the exalted Christ giver of gifts.
1: I, I love that. And I just want to pause for just one more moment, because I, I just think there's some beauty in that because religion, you know, it's heart religion. It's not just a matter of the theoretical, but how do we apply that? And if we don't have someone to share that with, then, you know, then we're missing out. We're actually and not only missing out for ourselves, but other people that out on that blessing. so Right, Michael. Verses 7 to 10. But to each of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took captives and gave gifts to men. And what does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. And he who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the universe. And so Christ himself gave, well, actually, that's where I'm going to stop right now. I, I, You know, when we were talking with John Brunt earlier and John McVeigh, you know, part of it is the ancient worldview is this idea of of the heavens being above and Hades down below. And and so it's a very simplistic worldview, we might say, you know, the mm-hmm. concept of the Milky Way, it was kind of that they didn't have that kind of concept, right? Uh, so it, it was just kind of this, there's three regions, and yet God came from above, came down below, <laughs> conquered, and and we can... And then, of course, he gives gifts. And so this is it's very simple, but it's very clear that this is what God has done in the plan of salvation for us. And and his tribute, that is, he receives these gifts um, is is how this part of this order that happens out of this, that that our response is to return to God what he's already given to us through his own example by descending and ascending. He has conquered. He has the victory, and because he is victorious, you know, just like any victorious king, they've got they've got their plunder, right?
0: Amen. Yeah, they are, they are the kings. Yes, they do <laughs>
1: victorious. They have they're they're victorious. They have more than enough. They give to others out of that abundance, and it's that same kind of spirit that God gives out of that abundance through His Holy Spirit, of course. That that we receive those good gifts and. And that's, that's sets the stage for Wednesday,
0: which is the gifts of the exalted Jesus. Mm, the gifts of the exalted Jesus. You know, Michael, as I, I, was, I was going through this one, it struck me because they brought up Psalm 68, verses 18, as one of the drawing texts that leads into Ephesians chapter 4, I think 11 through 13, it says, They have ascended on high, you have led ca- captivity captive. You have received gifts from among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. And it ties that in with Ephesians 4, once again, 11 through 13, which goes on and says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, once again, for the equipping of the saints in the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I want you to see there that something that we see is that growth actually takes place not apart from the body, but in the body. As we're connected in, as we're grafted in, that's where growth takes place because we actually get a chance to exercise the gifts that God has given us. We get a chance to multiply the gifts, even if you will, if we actually take the gifts back to where it belongs, which is to the body, if you take the gifts to your closet, to yourself, to alone, there's no relationship and there's no ministering of the gifts. And as a result of that, those gifts atrophy. And so this is what it's, a, this is what it's calling us to. And I ask this question, it says, Paul has described the risen, exalted conquering Jesus as giving gifts to his people from on high. What gifts does the exalted Jesus give and for what purpose? Well, he gives us to, once again, minister unto one another, to minister for the body of Christ, but minister to the ever-growing body of Christ. This is probably one of the only times where God is calling us to become obese. <laughs> the body of Christ, he wants us to be as big as possible, but as, as healthy as possible, too. So I, I was just being facetious as there to Michael. But as we're looking at this, as we're growing, we're actually growing uh, as individuals, but we're growing collectively, and we're growing as an organism—the ever-growing organism of the body of Christ—and this is what He is calling us to. Isaiah five four, that is also attached here towards the bottom. What more could could have been done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? When then? Why then? When I expected to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? And it's asking this question, think about this verse in context of what God has given us in the ministry and how does it apply. In other words, if we are not doing what God has called us to do, there's chances. And it reminds me of the vision that Sister White had, the dream, right, where she is going through the vineyard and she sees so much fruit that it's falling over and people are just getting tired of picking or they're over in the corner, they're talking and they're not doing what they're called to do. It's the same thing with us. We are called to not just get busy, but to be plugged in to where God wants us to be plugged in. That doesn't mean you have to do everything. It means that you have to do your part. You're called to do your part. If you're not doing your part, you're not a part of the body. And that's what the part we're saying, you're cast off because Mm -hmm. you chose to, not because you're, you cast yourself off. And so please, Don't get busy. Get plugged in. Get plugged into your local church. Get plugged into your neighbors, into your family of what is it that God is calling you to do in order to serve the body of Christ and the body at large. And so, Michael, take us to growing up into Christ. Well, This is a great way to wrap
1: up this section. That as Paul's continuing on his train of thought here, verse fourteen talks about no longer being infants, t- tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. And
0: you know,
1: having been a pastor, I, I I've seen this right. You know that some people that gravitate. I don't want to touch in any you know step on any toes, but this is this is the reality. Like every conspiracy theory, you know, it's just. It's one particular thing. Next time I see them, it's another conspiracy theory. And it's constantly living off a, a wave of, of excitement, constant. And there's no, no certainty, right? Or they're always trying to reform one more thing, you know, that they can just never be good enough. And, and I, I think there's that kind of thing that if you read the Testimonies for the Church, the nine volumes that Ellen White wrote, you see that same kind of pattern. Ellen White actually, she calls them one idea men, you know, that yes. constantly distracted, you know, and there's one thing and the next. And sometimes it can even be good things that people are distracted by Buster, you know? Yes. But I, I think maturity brings stability, right? So that it's a it's like a steadying in that a uh, growth that, that happens. So you're not constantly having to look for some new fad or excitement, even a spiritual fad. Yeah. <laughs> we we can find that satisfaction in having a personal walk with Jesus, spending time in prayer and scripture every day, spending time in community, studying, sharing one's testimony and the kinds of things that we've been talking about that, that, that can be satisfying in itself. And, and by the way, you know, conspiracies, some of them may be true. I don't know, but I'm not worried about what the devil's doing. Instead, I, I'm worried about is just making sure my heart is surrendered with God each and every day. Uh. You know, that that's, to me, that is Christ-like, we, what we need to strive for in terms of that growing, maturing. It's like a relationship, you know? You know, hopefully when you're dating, you're kind of figuring each other out, stuff like that, sure. and, and there's not that commitment, but if you're kind of worried uh, after being married for a long time, you know, um, every time somebody walks by, you know, is going to catch the other person's eye or whatever, then... There's not that depth in that relationship. There's not that maturity, right? And I, I think that's kind of what Paul's talking about is over time, there's a, a spiritual maturity and depth that comes with a settling in. And and by the way, moving in, you know, how does it function? How does it function? Verse 15, speaking the truth in love. I, I think this is actually the most powerful part of, 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 of health is that when you are spiritually mature, you can listen to those you disagree with. I mm-hmm. think especially important right now in our society that is so polarized, right, that you could have a church member in your congregation that's from the opposite political party. Check this out. Oh, and they may have a genuine, amazing relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. That they're not evil because they see the world differently. But in fact, maybe, maybe, just maybe that you might actually learn something from them. Yes. No, it's, it's true, Michael. Speaking the truth in love, that, that that's that maturity that you can hear those that you disagree with. And sometimes maybe even some people that are disagreeable, too. But right. those that you disagree with that and that's that maturing into Christ, I think that and we can. And and, and by the way, sometimes people claim to speak the truth in love. And so, you know, Buster is saying, whatever, something else about you, you know, and so. I'm just going to tell you off. And so I'm speaking the truth in love. (laughs) Most of the time it's not in love. (laughs) Not at all. (laughs) That's, that's our challenge is that we're focused on others instead of ourselves. And I think that's that maturing is, is my focus is me growing and not getting in the way of someone else's spiritual experience.
0: You know, this past week we had one of our corporate chaplains come and he gave us a list of, of nine I don't know it was eight things that he wished someone told him at the beginning of his ministry mm-hmm. and he's been in ministry now for 41 years and I think number 4 was you can learn from, never stop learning you can learn from absolutely everyone in every situation but it's time to reflect and then action listen and then action and so he said no matter what situation situation you're in he's like we're so used to giving the right answers right away of of knowing the word so we can rebut, he says, but he's like, it's meant for us to listen and to learn from absolutely everyone, whether what to do or what not to do. And that's what's beautiful about the body of Christ, which is when we come together, it's not just for me to teach you, it's for me to learn from you as well, for us to learn from one another, depending on our backgrounds, race, doesn't matter, right? Even our creed, we can still learn from each other. This is what God has called us to do.
1: And and right here at the end, one final thought here talks about growing and building up in love. And, mm-hmm. and I, instead of being, we always think this, not always, but I, I think there's a temptation to think of this, you know, speaking the truth of love in a, in a negative way, right? There's something wrong, but rather if the context of the verse here is actually a positive. And so if we speak the truth in love, we should affirm those around us, the things that we like and appreciate about those. You know, and so we, I mean, we could go on. You know, <laughs> tell Buster, you know, I really love how passionate you are for ministry and mentoring, and and I know we've got a wedding coming up, you know, that that you're officiating, you know, that you just really invest in others, you know. So if we start, I, I and I'm saying this because I'm trying to model what I think Paul's talking about. That, and I I would encourage our listeners, turn to somebody that's in your circle of influence, sphere of influence this week, and think about what are some ways that I can help build that person up, encourage them, say some things that affirm that we know and appreciate because we see God working through their life.
0: And so all of us need a little bit of encouragement. There we go. You know, Michael, I have to share this challenge that I I believe God gave me. I would say I came up with myself, but I did not. If you ever felt one of those days where you just feel out of it you don't feel down and you're like looking at it and saying like what man what did i achieve today? we you know what did i accomplished today and yes you can go in the office get the get your things done and everything else but god just really convicted me that my day is not over until i find every day two people i can truly encourage whether it's a text message whether it's an email whether it's a phone call whether it's a let's meet up for lunch and let me tell you that this has probably been two weeks in the making my life has just been turned so much towards the better of pouring into others rather than looking and saying, well, no one's pouring into me. No, this is a this is time that we do it. This is what God has called us to do. Instead of saying, oh, woe is me saying? Oh, how blessed I am. So gracious that I am. And in ministering to others, you'll find yourself more blessed. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: So I just encourage our listeners, you know, like like what Buster's find find two people each day. You know, this is this is a biblical mandate here, right? Yes, and it's part of being part of being healthy oneself and contributing to being a healthy member of the body of Christ. So with that, this is a wrap on another week's lesson. Thanks for listening to the Sabbath School Rescue podcast, and join us again next week. Until then, this is Sue and Swoops
0: signing out. Signing out. out.
1: As we wrap up, we want to give a shout out to our sponsor, the Adventist Learning Community, a
0: ministry of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. You can join us each week by subscribing on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure you share with as many people as possible. And be sure to give us feedback by rating our podcast and go to our website, SabbathSchoolRescue.org for each weekly episode.